to the show. This is Drew's Deep Cuts on Seacoast Rep Radio. That was Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles, of course. Kicking off a little fun uh, adventure I thought of today. It seems like the shows kind of stay on track a little bit more and I get less uh, sidetracked and off the cuff and do do fewer little side stories that aren't important to the main thing I'm trying to do uh, if I pick a theme like I've done the last couple weeks. So, but I also don't always have, you know, it in my brain and time to uh, get a really specific theme and go digging for music for it in mind. So today I thought I would play you songs that are on my reference CD. What's a reference CD, Andrew? Is it like an encyclopedia, but David Attenborough narrates it to you? That would be cool. I'd be into that. That would be super sweet. I'd buy it. But no, that's not what it is. In the audio engineering community, we have reference CDs as... It's, it used to be you'd carry the CD with you, literally. Now it's just like a playlist that I have in my iTunes. But it's a list of songs that I use when I test out new gear or when I check systems. So if I'm going to be mixing a show in a room I've never been in before, I go and I put my reference CD on and I listen to it and I hear how it sounds in the room because I know how all of these songs sound intimately. Not necessarily all the lyrics or anything like that, but like I know that there's this really nice 4K ring in the snare this brightness to it or the piano has this uh low uh boost on it low low mid boost and it makes it sound kind of nasally whatever it's just really specific uh sonic spectrum kind of stuff like that so i'll tell you i'll play you the songs they're all good songs i promise nothing weird and scientific in here so i'll play the songs and i'll tell you i use different songs to check for different things some of them are just you know really good sounding and i know what i'm looking for when i hear them and some are really specifically, I'm looking for one specific thing in that song to stand out to help me tune a room. Uh, this was actually inspired because I recently just took down all the speakers at the rep and rehung them, did a whole new configuration, retuned the whole room. So I was listening to these songs a lot because I was tuning a room recently. And I was like, hey, this could be a thing to do a show with. Obviously, a lot of these songs also have strong memories tied to them because the reason they're on my reference CD is because I know them like the back of my hand. Knowing things like the back of your hand comes from repeated listenings, so they're songs that I listen to a lot. So, we're going to have a fun time, and uh, I'll give you some cool audio nerding today, too. So, jumping right back into it, I'm going to play you a song now by R.E.M. off of their final album, Collapse Into Now. And uh, this is a song I think you'll know exactly what element I go looking for uh, and use this to test for. I'll give you a hint. It's a low-end type of thing. Enjoy. This is not a parable. This 
It was the kick drum that you should have noticed. I know it's really hard to hear and not in your face and a thousand feet tall in any way. The kick drum. You might have to go back and listen to it again to make sure you heard it. (laughs) Anyways, yes, that was um, It Happened Today by R.E.M. And it has the most gigantic kick drum I've ever heard in any song ever. So I use it to check ultra low end. Um, If you're listening on a system that doesn't have decent bass response, at least decent, you won't even hear the kick drum really there. You'll just hear like a... You'll you'll hear the the absence of the kick drum. And it goes way down. That thing goes down to like 30 hertz, almost lower than you can perceive, except like for feeling the shaking in your body. That's getting way down there. So that's what I I use that one to check with. And uh, I'm going to play you something else that has a lot of bass on it. We'll, we'll stay on that trend for now. Um, this is something that, this is a song that really can be helpful with, like, checking your stereo image because there's lots of cool things going on and panned stuff, and it's just kind of a open sonic space. So please enjoy Less Than Five Miles Away by Dawes.
Between the cold drinks in the freezer And the latest tabloid rags A voice screams over the music Put the money in the bag No one ever hears his reasons No one ever hears his name This is all seen them do that live 
only one time, but uh, when Wiley, the bassist, comes out and he starts doing that and coming through a line array with, like, giant flown subs and there's subs on the floor and there's subs everywhere and he's got his two giant bass amps that are chained together on the stage and you just see his little fingers flicking away there, but it's just this massive... Yeah, good stuff. Uh, the piano in that song is also very helpful because, it, if, especially at the end there, you can hear it ring, like, forever. Uh, it's a really nice, bright, clear piano sound. Very colorful and effective. Definitely not a flat piano sound. There's a big argument. Well, not really an argument. Just there's two kind of schools of thinking in the sound world. One is that everything should be as flat as possible. No coloration of tone in any way. So you want what comes out of the speakers to sound exactly like what went into the microphone. You want no change whatsoever. The other thought is that the whole point of being able to do the engine level of engineering we can do now is you can do crazy stuff that you just can't produce naturally so you should always get as much color as you can and change because that's that's part of the art that's my half of the art is taking the song that you wrote and the way your band plays it and turning it into like a really cool sonic experience um neither of those are wrong or right i tend to fall on the more colorful side i prefer to have strong choices that create differences rather than mild choices that keep things flat and then a lot of people you know you get a flat recording so you can do whatever you want with it you can mess with it later i like being bold from the get-go okay moving right along what else have i got in here for you guys today so that was a couple songs dealing with bass low end um but i also had mentioned before the Dawes track um that it's decent for checking your polarity, your left and right, your your coherence between your two speakers, making sure you're getting a good stereo image. A lot of songs, especially in the modern era, are extremely symmetrical and everything's right in the middle or the same thing is on the left and the right, so you're not getting a big space. There's no there's no space anymore. It's never just the guitar is on the left and the piano's on the right. It's always both of them are there all the time, filling up as much space as possible, which is fine if they're the only things there, but if you have a 96 track song like the latest Lady Gaga or Kesha or whatever where there's 400 different kick drums all combining to make the one sound you want, then you 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 just don't get the option to do that anymore. You need to you need to not have everything right in the middle, but that's how you get stuff loud and uh. anyways, it's an important thing with system tuning to make sure that everything's in proper polarity. Otherwise you get weird comb filters and stuff and they can actually give people headaches and make people physically ill. Um it can be very unsettling if you're sitting in the middle of a comb filter if you know what you're looking for or you're aware of it. Uh so I'm going to play you uh, a couple more songs now. I'm going to do give you a little twin spin, give you a break from my voice of uh, songs that are that have a very wide stereo image. Uh, the first one actually starts off going straight from left to right. Um, and also that collapse to mono well, because as important as it is for your to have good stereo, it's also important that your system collapses to mono well, because a lot of times you'll get a mono track or you'll only have one you know, a few elements that all need to go through at the theater because we're in a three-quarter thrust environment and stadium seating, I can't do stereo. It just doesn't reproduce in the room properly. If you're sitting on one side of the room, you'll only get the right hand, the right side. If you're sitting on the left side of the room, you'll only get the left side. If you're sitting in the middle, you'll get whichever speaker you're sitting closer to and not really anything else. So I can't pan. Everything has to go dead center. And if I play a track that's already pre-recorded, panned left and right, it has to collapse well to become one. Uh, a lot of times you'll get things will interfere with each other and cancel each other out when they collapse down to mono. So, especially in my case, it's important that stuff is still coherent when it's collapsed down to mono inside the theater. So, here's a couple of songs all about stereo image. Here it goes Chemical is on
That was Waves by Young the Giant, followed by Towers by Bonnie Vare. Both very interesting stereo songs. So Waves, you could hear at the beginning, the guitar literally goes left, center, right, left, center, right, left, center, right, in that beginning with just the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
on Sunday night, and then that'll be done. It's opening and closing this weekend. We're very excited because we are both live streaming and selling physical tickets into the building. Only 30 tickets. Um, We're testing our safety guidelines before we fully reopen. Next weekend, next weekend, we open Hedwig and the Angry Inch for live audiences only. Sorry, they wouldn't let us live stream it. We asked. Uh, We actually thought we were going to be able to for a few minutes, but then they said, no, you can only do the actual staged version, which is fine. So for those shows, we're going to be allowing 70 tickets to be sold. Um, Since we won't be live streaming, cameras won't be taking up space. We can sell. There's a whole other section that opens up and we can space people apart more evenly. And I'm just so excited to have people in the building once again. So please come on, check us out. If you don't feel safe quite yet, that's fine. You can transfer your tickets to later on for the rest of our shows coming up this year for whenever you feel comfortable. But we are taking massive precautions. We are doing social distancing. We're like doing up a new seating chart on almost a nightly basis based on who buys tickets, where, and what we can fit in. Uh, Masks will be mandatory. Anybody who doesn't want to wear a mask is going to get kicked the fuck out. Pardon my language. But if you're not going to wear a mask, that's that's what's going to happen. Mark Adams is going to bounce your ass out onto the sidewalk and you cannot wear a mask out there and everybody else will still hate you wear a mask (laughs) we'll also be disinfecting we're taking the same precautions we've been taking where like the band and the cast come in through different entrances and the band is backstage and the cast is on stage well for Hedwig the band will be on stage but they'll be wearing masks obviously Hedwig herself can't wear a mask Um, and then when we move into hair after Hedwig the band will be backstage kind of the same situation we have we've had going of people will just not see each other unless absolutely necessary, even though they're working on the same production. So, it's going to be really cool. I'll be back up in the sound booth. Come say hi. Socially distant. Wear a mask. You know, stand back on the stairs. But, uh, yeah, excited to see some people in the theater. And, yes, hair coming up in in August. It's going to be great. So, there's my bit. Also, check out seacoastrep.org. Listen to our other radio shows. Throw some money at us if you are enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, nobody ever sent in money to get me to shut up. That's why I'm still here. So if you uh, sent something to us, we never got it. So send it again. <laughs> okay, back to the show. So one of the biggest things, and obviously one of the most important things in a piece of music is the drums, especially in modern music. Where, you know, like modern, I mean, like within the last 70 years, where the drum kit became the heart of rock and roll and the beat and the kick and the snare and all that kind of stuff became the penultimate item. And obviously it's the largest instrument in the, unless you're making an entire orchestra, it's the largest instrument you're going to deal with in your typical musical production. It requires multiple microphones. Well, it doesn't require, but depending on what you want to do, you're going to need to use multiple mics. And getting a good drum sound is the hardest and most important part of any musical production. So, and obviously there's a lot of different takes depending on the style of music, you're going to have wildly different drum sounds. So, uh, I'm going to play you a song and I know you're going to go, "Ugh, really Steely Dan." But hey, you can fight me all you want, you can have your opinion of Steely Dan artistically. Sorry, Mark Adams. But there has never been a cleaner sounding recording than Asia. There just hasn't. It's immaculate. Scientifically, it's like a perfect production, recording-wise. Not saying anything about the artistic side of it, but like it's immaculately clean. Uh, And obviously, drums, super great. Uh, So here I'm going to play you Home at Last by Steely Dan while you meditate on the sound of those sweet, sweet drums.
ground I heard the train shake the windows You screamed over the sound And as we came out of nowhere didn't it you didn't see pierce the veil coming on deep cut drew they are one of my guilty pleasures i know punk hardcore how could i well just listen to it that that song sounds great there's so much going on and it's all crystal clear in there and you can pick out every item and the drums sound so good obviously there could not be two more different songs than Home at Last, and Hold On Till May. But they're both great productions. They both have great, incredibly different drum sounds. And, uh, yeah. So, Pierce the Veil, Dirty Pleasure. Uh, love it. Love the stuff. Uh, I also like the, you can hear at the end, because the guitar, uh, the amp on the guitar is turned up so loud, and then it's also been compressed to absolute piss to get it, as loud as a punk hardcore song needs to be, that you can hear the radio uh, being picked up by the coils in the in the amp, and uh, it's like ABC News or something. Just it's funny, 
that didn't used to be as big a deal back in the day because things weren't mastered so hot and compressed all the way. So like if you got some noise in the recording, it probably wasn't that that big of a problem. Now it's like, well, I hope you have a uh, a lead room that's lined with uh, anti-RF everything and some sort of nanofiber mesh that uh, stops all radio waves and external sound light and uh, gamma ray sources uh, from everywhere because to get it to be as loud as we want it, we're going to have to bring up that noise floor. It's always funny. My, uh, I, I, I live, I'm looking out my window right now at a, uh, a big-ass radio tower. It's on the adjoining property, uh, so it's probably like, I don't know, maybe 70 yards away from my window. Uh, if I turn my guitar amp up even a little bit, like, it's an apartment. I don't turn it up that loud, but, like, if I start to get to the point where I think maybe I'll bother the neighbors, I get lots of radio. And it's kind of fun. I can, like, move to different spots in the room and kind of, like, make it less or worse. I actually have to do it with this microphone sometimes. You might have heard on some of my, uh, if you've ever listened to any of my videos or anything that I've done for the theater, uh, sometimes I'll pick up the radio station and the mic wire, and I actually have a, uh, a specific looping pattern that I do around the room to eliminate the noise, and I find that if I... Normally, Christmas lights are a really bad thing, but I have some blue string lights going around my closet, around my giant Pink Floyd banner. Yeah, suck it. I have a Dark Side of the Moon banner covering my closet door in my studio. But I have these blue string lights, and uh, if I lay the cable on... If I'm getting noise, if I lay the cable on those, it just goes away. Normally, you would get more noise when you do something like that, but it, it I don't know how to, what to tell you. It, it cancels it out. Anyways, more fun audio tricks. So if you have a lot of noise in your stereo system, just try running those cables somewhere else. Put a couple loops in them. Do a little uh, infinity pattern in the in the cabling. Try laying them on an extension cord. You never know. Got to get those RF sources out of there somehow. Ooh, I can't wait to have people with cell phones back in the theater with my wireless mics. That's going to be fun. Okay, I'm getting off topic, just like I said I was uh, not going to. So there are a couple of songs featuring drums heavily. Uh, I have another song where I listen to it partly for the drums, but overall it's just one of my favorite sounding songs. It's by my favorite band, if you can guess. I know I played you Dawes already. My other favorite band, which I have brought up before, so you can still guess it. Um, but I just want all snare drums ever to always sound like this snare drum. And other than that, it's just a great song. So here's Mrs. Potter's Lullaby by The Counting Crows. in mid-afternoon cause that's when it all hurts the most a dream I never know anyone at the party and I'm always the host if dreams are like movies then memories are films about ghosts you can never you can only move south down the coast well, I am an idiot Walking a tightrope of fortune and fame I am an acrobat Swinging trapezes through circles of flame Then your life is a shame And though I'll never forget your face Sometimes I can't remember my name Hey, Mrs. Potter, don't cry Hey, Mrs. Potter, I know why But hey, Mrs. Potter, won't you talk to me? Well, there's a piece of Maria in every song that I sing. And the price of a memory is the memory of the sorrow it brings. And there is all. 
Just the the nice 
low-tuned, super loose snare drum with the brushes and a lot of room, just a lot, a lot of room sound, like the room mics in there, picking up all the space, and then just compress the shit out of it to make it a little trashy. Oh, boy, it's good. Love that. Also a really easy song to play, and a fun one. Do recommend it. Uh, all right, guys, we're getting we're getting along here in the show. Uh, I got a couple of other interesting ones that I think may surprise some people. Um, I'm actually going to end up closing the show with a song that I probably could have opened with. Uh, my dad will get that one when he hears it. But uh, right now I'm going to play you something, again, out of left field that might be a little heavier than you'd expect. Probably not as surprising as Pierce the Veil. But what happens when you want to check how rock and roll is going to sound? Like some real hard rock and roll is going to sound in your space. Where do you go to see if those electric guitars are going to really melt people's faces? Obviously, you go to Van Halen. Now, see, I just realized, listening to that, that if you took Pierce the Veil's drum sound and Van Halen's guitar sound and slapped them over each other, that's how you get modern modern hard rock. That's it. That's the whole thing. So there you go. A little evolution of music uh, thought for you there. Uh, guys, we're here. We're at the end. I hardly talked today. I know. I didn't even really tell any stories. I just shared songs and why they sound good with you, which is probably going to be the way we do things going forward because... 
I'm running out of memories. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm missing out on making new ones. I'm spending so much time reminiscing here. And we're going to be real busy at the theater again soon. I'm not going to have time to go into a deep, tantric, meditative state to pull these things out anymore for you guys. I'm just going to have to find songs I like and then tell you why. So that might be what it is. It might do what it be. Sometimes they think it ain't what it be, but it do. So I only have one more song for you. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned some things. I hope I didn't bore you too much with Professor Andrew's audio ramblings. And uh, I really hope you heard something you hadn't heard before. Um, that that might be the, the most important thing, is to try and introduce you to something you may not know. So this is a song. Um, it's a... It's a very famous album uh, that is also a uh, Broadway show, and it's a show that I've uh, actually done sound design and mixed before at Seacoast Rep. That's probably already given it away. Uh, it's also a great-sounding album in the first place. The, the original album, the Broadway album, does not sound good. I wish I had a cast recording of our version, but it's just, ugh. They have, like, a sampled snare drum, and it's the same snare every single hit. And how dare you do that to Keith Moon? Ugh. But anyways, um, it's also... I believe when the, when the album was being written, the idea was, let's use every single chord we possibly can. There is no key signature. Just play all the chords. If you can stick a passing chord in there, even if it doesn't make sense, make sure you do it. Just hit all the chords. And uh, also to include uh, some instruments that aren't typically rock and roll things, like French horn. I'm sure many of you have figured this out by now. And uh, again, it's probably going to leave you wanting more. I bet I know my dad will immediately go and bust the album out and listen to the rest of it, just because it makes you want to do that when you hear it. Uh, but it's a really great song to check a room because it's got stereo, it's got bass, it's got really great drum sound, it's got crazy panning, it's got, it collapses to mono well, it's rock and roll, but it's still got, like, acoustic guitar and everything in it. It's everything you've ever wanted in a musical. It is Tommy. Here's the overture, and it's a boy. I'll catch you guys next week. Rock and roll!
never know him Believe him, miss him with a number of men Don't expect to see him again 